Well, hey everyone, welcome back to the New News Podcast. It's Sunday, December 17th, and so uh, we're a few days after the Tyler Glassnow trade at this point. We're a little over a week after the Shohei Otani signing, which just feels like the craziest week of baseball in a while. Um, there's interesting secret meetings that Cardinals are having with relievers and not-so-secret ones in the in terms of Yuki Matsui. Um there's just a lot of different things going on right now. And so we wanted to pop on uh, today to talk a little bit about um, the Dodgers moves and what that means to the Cardinals trying to be contenders in the National League. Uh, we wanted to talk about some of the potential moves that they have coming down the pipeline and then also talk a little bit about some of the stuff we have coming up this week. And so, uh, Sandy, we've got our charity live stream coming up on Tuesday. Oh, yeah. What are you excited for for that? It's going to be amazing. I think the best part, though, is the guest lineup we have. Yeah. I think we've got somewhere around like eight or nine guests. Yeah, let me count Last that. I counted. Like, it's it's almost hard to keep track of them all. Um, we're going to have Jim Hayes at some point, which is going to be incredible. It's going to be awesome. Like, everybody is coming on this. So, please be there. Yeah. And also, like, it's so exciting to be paired with Big League Impact. Um, so, you know, any proceeds are going to get donated to them, which is super cool. And we might even be, you know, adding something to the guest lineup. We're seeing, I, I can only tease right now. We're seeing what we can do, um, but it's going to be awesome. So please join us for that. Stay the whole time. And we'll be answering tons of questions. And seriously, we're going to cover every topic possible because we're going to be on there yeah. for four hours. So there's a lot yeah. of Cardinals baseball to talk, but we'll be talking lifestyle. We'll just be, you know, chatting when Victor Scott's on here or Scott Van Slyke. Um, be talking about what it's like to be a prospect or a player in the modern game. It's going to be really exciting. So please tune in. Yeah. So some of the confirmed lineup we have right now, Jim Hayes, Brooke Grimsley, Katie Wu, Victor Scott, Scott Vance, like, and Joshua Reed, Lynn Worthy, Brendan Schaefer, Jeff Jones, JD Halfren, and Trevor Rosenthal. And we're hoping to have again, another one on, but we can't say yet. We're not getting people's hopes yeah. up. Um, so yes, please, please, you know, just, Will into existence, guys. We want it. We want to oh, see yeah. it happen. Um, we're already seeing some uh, chat in the in the stream. So thanks, TK, Jeff, Eric, all of you guys for showing up. And um, feel free to ask questions along the way. Um, and again, a couple other things. Again, if you're watching right now, subscribe, um, especially if you want to be notified of the live stream on Tuesday. Because um, again, that's going to be a really awesome event. We really want people to be able to see that um, and be a part of that. Um, so subscribe for that. And then if you're interested in becoming a member of the channel, you can see that usually on the uh, computer uh, platform is easier to find that it's right next to the subscribe button, you'll see join. Um, we have three different tiers you can join at that have different perks. But the main one that applies to all three of them is the ability to join our discord, which has already been really active. And it's really awesome to see all the people yeah. in there already talking Cardinal baseball all the time. Hey, Jeff. Um, so if you're not familiar with Discord, it's a pretty easy app to use. It's basically like a social media messaging app. So you can just have all these different channels or you can talk about different things to different people. Um, so you can join that if you become a member. Um, so you can do that on our YouTube page. But then most importantly, subscribe and like the stream if you haven't already. That's also super helpful for us. Sorry to plug all these things off the top. But again, it really helps the channel out and helps what we're trying to do here. Uh, but again, want to talk Cardinal baseball today. So let's get into that. So um, let's start from... A big picture standpoint, Sandy, sure. um, because baseball isn't in a vacuum, right? Like you can put together whatever team you want on the field, but it also depends what your competitors do as well. Um, and I thought it was really interesting today. I'm looking at the numbers and the Chicago Cubs have spent zero dollars in free agency. 
That's which good. is a great sign so far. They Love were supposed that. to be having a big off season. Um, the Mariners have spent zero dollars. The zero dollars. The Padres have traded away Juan Soto, not tra- and not signed anyone. Um, the Mariners haven't spent any money. And then you look at the very top of the spending list, and you have a certain team named the Los Angeles Dodgers who have spent seven hundred and seventeen million dollars this yeah, of off season. They, and I, of I don't have. think that. In- I don't know if that number includes the glass now contract. So I don't know how Jeff so passed in. Was, Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if he was going off of like how the contract for Tani's technically counted because it's actually more like 470 um, in real money or at least right today money because of the deferrals. But um, anyway, so you have the Dodgers who were already a perennial contender already had Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman, already had Walker Buehler, Dustin May, already had an insane farm system. They go out and add Shohei Otani, and then they bring in Tyler Glass now, who, again, I'm a... Yeah. Yeah. I'm sad. I wanted Glass now so bad. Um, We could talk about that. They've added all this talent, and they're going to keep adding talent. They're in on Yamamoto. Yeah, they are. Um, they're they're probably if they don't get Yamamoto, they're probably in on Jordan Montgomery or Blake Snell. They might trade for Dylan C. Still, like they're they're gonna do more things. What do you think the the Do- how the, how does the Cardinal the Cardinals really stack up to the Dodgers right now? And is there anything they can really do this off season to make themselves someone that can compete with the Dodgers? Not necessarily to be the best team in the regular season, but to what matters the most in the postseason. Yeah, well, I mean. The, the great equalizer in baseball and what really separates baseball from every other sport is that the regular season, uh, you have a massive sample size. So the best teams yeah. do make the playoffs in baseball and it's a smaller, you know, amount of teams than other sports, even with the extra wild card, you're still only talking about 12 teams making the playoffs. Now, what's so different about that is once you get to the postseason, and I know this is going to really like tick some people off in the chat. I really do believe that the, the postseason is kind of a crapshoot. Um, yep. that's how Jeff, like Jeff pointed out right there. Diamondbacks can win, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You saw the Diamondbacks. Now, it, lately, it does seem like there's something to the idea that you need a couple of really good pitchers to go. Yep. But honestly, yep. the Cardinals have been one play away. Like, maybe if Reyes doesn't give up that home run to Chris Taylor, of all people, it wasn't even one of their big stars. It was Chris Taylor. You know, Adam Wainwright, I don't think anybody was considering one of baseball's best pitchers in 2021, although he'd had a really nice season. Um, but he goes out there and gives you seven strong innings. Jose Quintana did enough to win. Like the Cardinals were... Same with Miles Michaelis. Mm-hmm. And probably at seven or eight points in that game, they could have won it. Um, yep. You saw, like it took a a just a comedy of errors for them to lose. So... I don't know. I don't think they can match up with the Dodgers. I, I'm not sure there's anybody the Cardinals can add where they'd win more regular season games than the Dodgers. Sure. But truly, all you have to do is put yourself in a position where you're getting up into the 40s, um, where it's like, you know, 40% to win the series. Because obviously, if the Dodgers play the worst team in the league, yeah, you're talking about the Dodgers probably winning that 80 to 90% of the time. But if the Cardinals can just become competitive, and that means probably adding a little bit more starting pitching, probably adding a little bit more to the bullpen, you're talking about a team that wins 40, 45% of the time. And, you know, like Jeff said, just get in and make a run. And I know that that mentality really bothers people um, because for me, the part that's hard is the get in part for this Cardinals team right now. You need to be able to get in. Um, Mm. And the just get in mentality hasn't gotten you in and it hasn't gotten you a buy. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm actually less concerned about them getting in than a lot of people are right now. Like, I see them as a 
and uh, again, I'm baking in a few bullpen moves too. I don't think yeah. they're done at all. Um, I think especially at the state of NL central right now, I mean, the reds are probably the biggest competitor to them right now. And I'm not a huge reds believer. Yeah. Um, and even all. so I, I think just so much went wrong for the Cardinals last year. Like, John Mozeliak, we'll talk some of his comments today on uh, Tom Eikerman's show uh, this morning, but um, <clears throat> he, he he made a good point that um, with the bullpen, when Ryan Helsley went down, they didn't have, because Gallegos failed too, they didn't really have someone who could backfill that, and so that causes a lot of issues for a team. And he pointed to the Mets, which I thought was actually an interesting comparison. They lost Edwin Diaz before the season. And their season just kind of went awry. Now, I don't think it's all because of Edwin Diaz being hurt, but I think the, the closer is an important role. And he made a comment where he's like, if you have one of those things, it can derail season. And he said, in our case, we had everything go wrong. I think it's right. Like Nolan Arenado, he had an amazing first half. The second half fell off. Paul Goldschmidt had a weird up and down year and just wasn't himself. Um, Nolan Gorman was hurt a lot. Lars Newbar was hurt a lot. The Wilson Contreras fiasco, the pitching was terrible. The bullpen was getting taxed even more than it should be. Like everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And so, Again, I don't want to play in the what ifs world a lot, but I feel like last year's scenario was what if everything went wrong? <laughs> and yeah, it's like, that's what will happen if everything goes wrong. So I'm not here to say what if everything goes right, because that's yeah. as insane as last year was. It would also be insane for everything to go right next year. Sure. But I also feel like there's probably going to be a little bit more of an equilibrium of hopefully their stars are playing like stars. Yeah. Jordan Walker and Nolan Gorman, Lars Newbar, Brendan Donovan, all of those guys can continue to take steps forward in their development. I think the fact that you could see one of or two of Gorman, Donovan, Newbar, or Walker become like legit dudes and not just really, really good players, but like great players this year could really push this team forward. And so I think stuff like that, if the Cardinals can make the playoffs, they're a team that can compete. My Absolutely. question is when they once they get there, I think you made a good point, Sandy. If even the Diamondbacks kind of fit the mold of a team that could go far, even for a low win yeah. team, because they had those two guys at the top of their rotation, and then they had Fat who pot or Fat who pitched really well as well. They had a star in Corbin Carroll, and they had a decent lineup, it wasn't good, but it was okay. Um, yeah. And they, I mean, they just ran into a Dodgers team that went really cold. And so right now I struggle to believe the Cardinals could beat the Braves or the Dodgers in the playoffs because after Sonny Gray, you're asking Miles Michaelis, Stephen Matz, yeah, Kyle Gibson, or Lance Lynn to be the guy to be the stopper. And I don't love that as the option right now, but I personally believe if you add a second really good starter to this bunch or and slash or add to this bullpen, They've got the makings to beat a team like the Dodgers. They won't be favored in the series. I wouldn't favor not them. I'd probably pick them because I want the Cardinals to win. But I, I also <laughs> want to say, yeah. But I also think they have a better than 10% chance to beat the Dodgers. Like they've, it's just that's how the MLB playoffs are. And it's, I think, I don't like, I don't personally like to call it like just win and get in and figure it out because I do think, like you pointed out, there's some team construction that makes a difference for how those teams go through. And, Sure. Uh, like even the Diamondbacks were kind of like a poor man's version of like what the Phillies have been where they didn't really have the yeah. lineup they had, but they had those two guys at the top of the rotation that a couple of bullpen arms they could rely on. And they had us a, a couple stars, Marte and Corbin. Yeah, absolutely. And so Cardinals have the stars. They have a deep lineup that most teams don't have. They have one of the starters and they have a couple of the relievers. So again, they're not, I'm not picking them to win a hundred games. I'm not picking them to win 95 games, but Right now, they could be a mid-high 80s win team, in my opinion, especially if they add one or two more bullpen arms. 
And then they've got most of the pieces you need to pull off those upsets in the playoffs. If they go out and get a Dylan Cease or yeah. who, Yamamoto, whoever that Yamamoto, other starter is, or they get a and maybe one more bullpen arm they could rely on. I think they have a real shot to be to make some noise. Yeah, I'm totally with you. One thing I do want to point out that I think we glossed over the the whole win and get in thing has been changed by the recent changes to the playoff format, which I hate. I hate the new playoff format. I hate the third wild card, but it's there. And so getting a buy does matter because that insulates you from the most random round, right? Because the wild card round with only three games, like we saw in 2022, the Cardinals can get in, they can win their division, they can win 95 games, but it doesn't matter because two days later they're out. I mean, it was literally within the span of 24 hours. The Cardinals went from having a lead in the eighth and the ninth inning to eliminated. And it was absolutely brutal, but that's what the wild card round does. And even a divisional series, it's like teams come back from down 2-0, but you cannot come back from down 2-0 in that wildcard series because it's only three games. So it is what it is. Um, It's unfortunate to see a team like the Dodgers, who just won 100 games, be able to spend $900 million in an offseason. Like, that's so tough. Um, But it is what it is. Hey, welcome, Kareem. Nice to see you in the chat there. Kareem. Um, Also, I want to, real quick, Ken, like, the Yamamoto stuff. I, I mean, when I throw his name out there, I'm not saying this is going to happen or should happen or expected to happen. I think it's funny that Sandy's kind of coming around on it now when um, it's yeah. like, I mean, now, I want the, it. now it's the most unlikely thing. Yeah. Uh, but it, that's what I'm saying is like, if they go out and make a move. And so, yeah, throw out Yamamoto's name. Like if they go get Dylan Cease, which they very well, ha- they have the ability to do it. Will they do it? I don't know. If they go get Jesus Lizardo, if they... Sign Jordan Montgomery. I doubt they go into the free agent market for the next starter. But if they make a move of that kind to get another front-end starter, that's where I was talking about. If I think now you've got the ingredients with two top-of-the-rotation starters, most teams don't really – like you look at most playoff rounds and game three starters TBD until 24 hours before the game, and it's sometimes a bullpen start. Sometimes it's yeah. your number four or five starter to figure it out. So um, – I think that's kind of where going, I was going with that. And Sandy, something I don't, I don't think you necessarily touched on, but it's interesting is that the last two World Series teams from the National League were the third wildcard team. Yeah. It was the Phillies and then the Diamondbacks. And so, again, I both of those teams snuck in, but they had what it took to go deep in October. Absolutely. There's a difference between making the playoffs and having a team that's built to win in October. It's debatable that the Diamondbacks did. I think a lot of it was kind of circumstantial, but they still had some of the ingredients which allowed them to continue to capitalize on the mistakes of the Dodgers and um, the Phillies and all that kind of stuff. So I think it's really interesting. Um, but again, like let's 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 go back a little bit, even thinking about the Dodgers real quick. Like how I think this, I personally think this is different than past years when people have said the Dodgers are the favorite. Like I've seen the whole, like, look at their track record. They've won one world series in the last 10 years. Yes. You know, they made playoffs every time they've underachieved. Bad I luck. think this is different. This is. is you're adding the best player in baseball and not just the best player in baseball. Like one of the best players we've ever seen to a lineup that already has Freddie Freeman and Mookie Betts. They've added Tyler Glass now, and they're going to add more pitching, and they have a deep farm system. It's not even fun right now. <laughs> yeah. I Again, I don't think they're guaranteed to win the World Series. That's not true. Never. And but they might have a 20% chance, which is unheard of. Yeah. Even the Braves last year, who were one of the better teams we've seen in the last decade, probably weren't this good. Yeah. And then I think, like again, they're just kind of flexibility over the coming years. Like So I put an over-under 
this is before the trick last now trade of one and a half world series wins and then over the otani contract and it i think like almost 80 almost 90 percent of the votes were under and i was like really like well, i know i know that, that's, that's saying want. <laughs> yeah or actually no i put it at two and a half that's fair yeah so so that is kind of high but i think at this point i would be shocked if they don't win at least two world series in the next 10 years because they are they're not it's not just the team they have right now in their building it's they're the Dodgers, and they are the class of baseball in terms of organization, it's so building out what they need to do, and then they have all the money they need to spend as well, and they spend it wisely. I, they're just the one team that can consistently contend. Um, and now that they finally got their guy in Otani, I doubt they go and try to reset the luxury tax like they did this past year, and they still frankly still could have won the world series last year even when they did that yeah no um, they still won 100 games like all the people that said they were hurting for otani ridiculous you still had a team full of stars a team that had mookie Betts yeah. and freddie freeman a team that has clayton kershaw who yeah he can't pitch in october whatever he gets you to october yeah i mean a lot of teams like the mariners they have a really really fun team they have cool starting pitching they have julio rodriguez who's a star they can't get to october the angels forever have had two massive stars in their lineup and they can't get to October. Like the Dodgers get there every year. And so, yeah, like their floor is really high. They're not going to miss the playoffs. They're not going to miss the playoffs in the next 10 years. Yeah. And they were just decimated by injuries. Like, and it didn't matter. They still yeah. won a hundred games. I just, I don't know how you can like, if that happened, well, we already saw what happened in the Carl's rotation and it, I mean, it wasn't that bad injuries wise. Any other team has that many starting pitching injuries in a year. And I don't, the fact that winning 90 games let alone winning 80 games i just think you're yeah. you're that you're just not possible um so again dodgers are in a really strong position um it's but so frustrating <laughs> yeah it really is yeah. and i'll be really interested to see how they finish out this offseason um so i my kind of hot take right now and i don't know if i actually believe it but i kind of wish otani i kind of think i would have rather otani went to the cubs at this point than the Dodgers. I'm starting to feel that. Hey, did because, you hear? Did you see the report though on what the Cubs offered him? They yeah. might have technically outbid the Dodgers, and I heard he wouldn't even visit Chicago, which kind of oh, makes really. Me happy. I yeah. thought for some reason I saw it was like 500 over 10 years. 500 over 10 years, but because of the way they're valuing his contract, because it's backloaded, technically they're uh, saying that that would have been greater than the 460 that, that his sense. cap hit is now now i i think the whole oh it's happening later it's still 700 million dollars that's what he's getting paid yeah. um but and that was his idea was like yeah. he wanted to defer the money to win so it's yeah. not like it's not like yeah. the dodgers lowballed him it was like this is the offer he gave absolutely to them, so yeah. don't even get me started on the deferral andrew's not here to defend it so i can't even <laughs> can't even get into it right now yeah i had a i listened to jeff passon on the ryan russillo podcast of all podcasts the other day and he did a really good job talking about why it was just a really good move by the Dodgers and a really good thing from Otani. And also he made a good point that I've said before too. It's Otani. Like there's no, like this isn't setting the precedent for the next player. who isn't going to defer a bunch of money. He wants his money. And even if he does, like he's not going to get 700 million like Otani did. So some of the freak out about like, Oh, how the Dodgers get away with this. I'm like, it's a, it's a kind of an anomaly contract. Um, and again, Otani's taking on a lot of risk and he's kind of able to do it because of all the off the field money he makes. I just don't really see many players doing something like this again. So it's kind of the perfect storm, but good on the Dodgers. Other organizations need to start catching up to him. So um, nice. I'm still frustrated by it, but 
at the same time, yeah. if I were a Dodger fan, I'd be like, that's why we have Andrew Friedman, because he makes the moves. So, Oh, my gosh. And and that's one more thing about the Dodgers <clears throat> before we get off this is the Dodgers spend money, but they spend money behind the scenes, too. Like yep. you have the Dodgers that they they were struggling to develop pitching. They were struggling to develop talent. Their talent pipeline wasn't what it had been. So yep. what they do, they went and poached a bunch of executives from the Rays. They said, who's the best at this? And we're going to take their guys and we'll do it right. And that's a team that just spends their money right. They probably spend more than anybody on player development, and it shows. You have a team that never drafts at the top. You have a team that people are afraid to trade with, and yet somehow they always seem to have six or seven guys in the top 100. They graduate these guys constantly. Gavin Lux, Will Smith. like All these guys were super prospects, and somehow they have two of the top three catching prospects now. They have two of the top five infield prospects in the National League. Like They just always have somebody else ready to step up. Yeah. So. It's just, it's crazy. It's crazy, but yeah. good on the Dodgers. Seriously, good Again, on the Dodgers. Yeah. That's all you can um, say. So we got uh, chats popping right now. There's a lot of people in the stream, which is super awesome. Again, I want to remind you, if you haven't subscribed already, please subscribe. And uh, we've got the charity live stream coming up on Tuesday. We have a huge rundown of guests from Victor Scott to Trevor Rosenthal, Jim Hayes, Katie Wu, Scott Vance, like so many different people. And we're hoping a special guest that we can't talk about yet, but we're hoping they're going to be able to make it on. We'll see. Um, so it'd be really fun. So subscribe so you can get notifications about that and other future things we do. Um, like the stream. It really helps as well. And then again, if you want to be a part of our discord or join on a different level of our community, you can click uh, join which next to the subscribe button on the um, computer on the computer version of YouTube um, and we'd love for you to be joining the chat that we have going there and all the extra content we provide for our members here at the channel but let's turn the conversation <clears throat> over to the relievers um, which we'll probably get into we can hybrid this conversation about starting pitching and relief pitching i think we should focus on the relievers for a little bit and if you've got questions about that in the chat specifically about the relievers please throw it in there um but it seems like so this past week we had it reported that they met with um matsui um he did a stadium tour and then they met with another pitcher that wasn't named that they couldn't be reported on um based on kind of the tea leaves a little bit I mean, it could have been a U.S. born pitcher like Phil Maton or someone like that that wanted to visit. Um, but it probably makes more sense that it was an international player. I highly doubt it was Yamamoto at this point. Um, but we, one we can stuck, dream. yeah, one can dream. And again, th I haven't seen anyone say they're for sure out of the market. So I'm always going to keep that as like a pipe dream option here, but I'm not, I'm not banking on it. Yeah. Um, I feel like Wusak Go makes a lot of sense as that second guy, especially to come visit, but it could have been someone else. Um, John Mazzetta commented today, which we'll just get into a little bit, commented on the bullpen situation and said, ideally, they'd like to add more to it. Um, but some of his comments made me think he's actually more interested in adding a starting pitcher, <laughs> which is kind of interesting. He wasn't going to rule it out, but then kind of when he talked about the value of what adds the most value, he said it was guys that can go deep into games and adding more of that. So it made me think like, oh, are you looking for another starter? But so let's let's the like Yuki Matsui, Wusako, Phil Mainton, um, Hector Neris, like Jordan Hicks. There's all kinds of different relievers on the market right now. What do you think they need to do and what do you think they will do when it comes to the bullpen? Well, what they need to do in the bullpen is they need to get another option to pair with Helsley. The reason I really liked the bullpen coming into last year, like I'll say 
all last offseason, I was pretty high on this bullpen because mm-hmm. I really did think that between Hicks, who I figured would be healthy and effective, Helsley, who I figured would be healthy and effective, and Giovanni Gallegos, I thought, wow, that's a three-headed monster that no one's going to want to deal with, right? Because all those guys have strong track records. Um, and so when all of a sudden, and honestly, Henesis Cabrera, who has just incredible stuff, and if he could just for one second like stop with some of the personal stuff and focus in, he can be a great reliever, but that's a whole nother thing. And he's off and he's not an option anymore. Yeah. Um, but they need to have that three headed monster. The best teams have at least three guys who they're comfortable with closing out a game. And right now with the Cardinals, I'd say obviously Helsley Giovanni Gallegos lost a lot of trust last year, really had a big home run issue. I think he was mismanaged. I've said that a hundred times. I'll shout it from the rooftops. When Giovanni Gallegos gives up a home run, you get him out of there no matter what, because the second one's coming and it always does. Um, (laughs) But after those guys, like maybe Jojo Romero, but we really don't know with him. His stuff supposedly isn't very good, but he gets the job done over and over again. So maybe there's something to be said there. Honestly, maybe there's just one. Maybe it's just Helsey right now. And so they do need a real back-end option. That's why I like Matt Suey so much. But I like Hicks because he's the righty, and we need another righty back there. We have a lot of left-handed options. So it's really tough right now. The bullpen is not where we'd like it to be. That's the one thing we can't say. Yeah, I agreed. Um, something I really like about Jordan Hicks when you bring him up specifically um, is his proven ability to go on multiple days in a row. And he's a guy that you could give him two innings if you needed to in an outing. He could, which I mean, most of the relievers can, but I feel like I feel more confident in Jordan Hicks stretching out to two innings than I do Helsley. Um, and he's a guy that can go pitch two, three days in a row, possibly, um, which I think is huge with the idea of Ryan, Hel- Ryan Helsley not always being available day to day. And so, like there might be a game where you need Gallegos or Hicks to lock down the eighth, and then you need Helsley in the ninth, but then the next day you don't have Helsley. And so the fact that you can also turn to Hicks again and have Gallegos that next day or or Romero, whatever that thing is. And then that's not even to mention injuries because it's going to happen. It just always happens yep. or underperformance. Like maybe Gallegos is bad again, or maybe Helsley has a Gallegos like year. Maybe Jojo Romero is just a flash in the pan, or maybe the guy they bring in isn't good. Like you just need so many different options. And so I, I think I'm okay with them just adding one more high leverage reliever. I would prefer it to be the right side as well. So Jordan Hicks, uh, Phil Maton makes a lot of sense. Hector Neris as well. Um, I, David Robertson's still available. I wouldn't mind him. I like um, him. I like him a lot, especially as a seventh inning option. I'm not sure he's yeah. the closer he was two years ago. But. True. Um, but even if they went Yuki Matsui as the left, again, he's a guy that's closed in Japan for a long time. So I, I think he'd be fine righties against righties and lefties. And again, there isn't really many left-handed specialists these days anymore anyways, but the same, like there, it, I have a weird feeling about adding a left-handed reliever because you kind of already have Romero, you have King, which I'm not really high on King. So I'm not really a big, I don't think it's a big deal. Um, but then you have Libertor and Thompson, so I think it'll be interesting to see how they manage like Thompson and Libertor specifically because like if Thompson's their backup starter, like he's the sixth guy, then maybe they put him in Memphis anyway. So he's starting and he's available whenever they need him. Um, but I, just, I see there, I see a potential scenario where there's a lot of lefties that could need time in the bullpen. And I don't think you need four lefties in the bullpen. Um, yeah, that's so again, I'm, I'm not going to complain to get Matsui, but if they got a Matsui, then I think they're, I would want them to add one more right-handed arm like, um, Lubusaco or something like that yeah. um, because then you're banking on Fernandez 
right? That's that's the guy they picked from the rule five. Yeah, they did, and I like um, him. I think he could be a really good pitcher, and I think the other too. guy they got um, in the Tyler O'Neill trade could contribute later this season. Probably not opening day though. Yeah. So I think at that point, if you're adding, in general, I prefer to build a bullpen by getting a bunch of guys that are interesting. Um, and seeing what happens with it rather than spending all my money on something. So Nick Robertson, Fernandez, if you got go, um, if you have, I mean, a guy like Gordon Crisefo could be used next year in the bullpen a little bit. Um, you just have a lot of options. Um, yeah. I like the idea of buying low on four or five guys and or or going for under the radar guys than putting all my eggs in one basket. Um, but they've got the financial flexibility to afford to get one more of those type of guys. And so I, th- I think adding one more high leverage guy and then throwing out as many flyers as possible to add to that bullpen, I really like. Yeah, I mean, honestly, there are two things that I want to add to this. The Cardinals bullpen right now is a lot worse than it was at the end of last season. Now, you're going to have guys get healthy, but something that we haven't considered because we didn't want to admit they were good is the fact that they're missing Drew Verhagen and Chris Stratton. Yeah. who are two guys that the Cardinal, like Drew Verhagen last year was actually not a bad pitcher. And I know people are going to probably harangue me for this, but Drew Verhagen <laughs> gave you, he appeared in 60 games. Um, he gave you yep. 61 innings. He recorded 59 or 60 strikeouts. So he did that. He had a 110 ERA plus, had a sub four ERA, and it's probably inflated by a really strong finish to the season. But that was a guy who was pretty reliable in the seventh inning. Now, he had a tough start to the season, and he had a really bad year in his first year in St. Louis. And so people didn't want him to be any good. Um, But he was one of our better middle inning options. And then for Chris Stratton as well, he had a great tenure with the Cardinals. Across two seasons, he appeared in 62 games, gave you 76.1 innings, and a 113 ERA+. plus. Those are two guys who were both like very valuable relievers to this pen. They were kind of linchpins. Um, you didn't know what was going to happen, but you knew they were going to be healthy and that they were going to go take the ball and help you lock down games. So I'm a little nervous about not having those guys. And I do think we need to add more middle inning options. But the other thing, the Memphis shuttle will be much more active this year. That's something we didn't have at all last year. I love that you mentioned some of those younger players we just got. I also think Matt Svonson could contribute at some point this season. Um, he's a pure reliever. They got him in the Jordan Hicks trade. I want to say, no, they did not. Uh, they got him. In that was the, in the Paul Dion trade. trade. Yeah. And initially I wasn't excited because he was so old pitching at double A still. He had a great finish to the season. And then also I think Klofenstein or Reversa. I think Klofenstein is more likely maybe because of the big fastball to profile as a reliever at some point. You mentioned Graceffo. There's a lot more depth for this team. So, yeah. And I like Karim's comment here too. the Matsui splitter just being very true, really good. And I so see, yeah, that's a good, I, I'm not necessarily concerned about Matsui versus right and left. I think it's like, like, so if Matsui slots in with Romero as a lefties, then I start to question, do you need Kane in the bullpen? Do you need Libertor like in the bullpen? Do you need Thompson in the bullpen? Because I don't know, like at that point you've got eight relievers in the bullpen and three of them being lefty, I think is the max I would prefer um so then say king's that third lefty then what do you do with libertor what do you do with thompson um i guess if one of them is the laundry lever it doesn't make it's not a huge deal if they're left-handed but i just think that's where i talk about it It gets a little complicated in my head about the left-handed options i know they have a lot of right-handed guys too but outside of helsley and gallegos i don't really trust any of them yet so that's where i kind of i like the idea of adding a third high leverage right-handed reliever 
if it's Matsui, that's great. Again, I'm not going to complain at all. I'll be really excited about it. I think it just the left their current left-handed options start making a little bit less sense to me roster fit wise. And maybe I'm overthinking it a little bit. Um, I'm splitting hairs a little bit at this point. They're in such a need of another reliever that can't really complain. Um, but yeah, like this is a really good point, Sandy, about kind of their bullpen um, and losing Stratton Verhagen. I mean, potential. Yeah, and maybe maybe you get a resurgence from Polante this year, and that's another guy. Again, he's a right-hander, but he's more he has better splits against left-handed hitters. So it's kind of like, what's Polante's role now too? Um, but maybe his he's been messing with his pitch arsenal, so maybe that makes a difference. Um, but yeah, you've got so right now those middle relievers right now probably profiles Polante, King, Robertson, Fernandez, um, which again some of those guys could be better than what Stratton and Verhagen have given you, but. You need those middle guys, and they they did the job. Uh, I think when we got most frustrated with Verhagen and Stratton, it was because they were being used in the eighth, ninth, seventh innings, and that's more of a symptom of the back end of the Cardinals bullpen being weaker than it needed to be. An injury is less about like if Verhagen was coming in the fifth or sixth, and same with Stratton most days, then the production you're getting from them that's about league average from what you're expecting from the middle of your bullpen, and there's a reason. Yeah. The Rangers wanted to add a Chris Stratton at the deadline Absolutely. because you need those kind of arms. So I'm not trying to sell you on Chris Stratton as some hero here, but you need depth and you need guys who can eat innings and you guys need, you need guys who can shorten the game. So you do. Yeah. I'll be interested to see. I, I really do like the idea of Matsui. Um, Jordan Hicks reunion would be awesome. Mayton, Nerys. I don't I haven't seen any other names thrown in the chat yet of guys that we haven't I'd talked love, about. I'd love Brebia. I've brought him up a lot. I just think he's such a low cost option and he's somebody that's been so dependable. He's given mm. his team 65 to 70 appearances a year and like losing Drew Verhagen who gave you, you know, 60 games, losing Chris Stratton who, you know, after the trade deadline and then before the trade line, 76 games in one year with the Cardinals. Like that's a guy that is a workhorse. He appeared in almost half the games he was on the team for. Like you need guys like that. So yeah. I don't really know who's going to absorb the brunt of that. You know, Helsley can't pitch every day. Romero seems like a workhorse. I loved when I watched him close three games in a row. That was awesome. That was something <laughs> that we don't seem to get from everybody. Yeah. Um, but it's going to be really tough to not have guys that can just eat innings in the bullpen. And you saw the Cardinals go after guys that can eat innings in the rotation. So hopefully they're more interested in doing that in the bullpen too. Totally. And I, I mean, I think some of it will feel a little bit better um, when you do have guys going deep in the games where, uh, man, I wish I could, I could probably pull it up right now. It's not that hard to find at this point because I've quoted it so many times, but the the lack of quality starts they got last year. It's just, again, I mean, I think I, again, I, I wasn't a huge fan and I'm still not a huge fan of the pairing of Lynn and Gibson. Like I think I would have liked yeah, one of them, one not the both of them. But again, I see where the Cardinals are coming from. Again, they had a 641 winning percentage when they got six innings or more with, with a line four or less runs, which is a quality start. Um, that's not even a quality start. I think quality oh, true. start. That's th three years. Yeah. yeah. So like, but I mean, a like that's what you're hoping yeah. for from Gibson and Lynn is they go six and allow four or less. Like that's a great outing. And they had a better winning percentage than the Baltimore Orioles did this year. Like as a, as a whole. So like they were insane. They were really good when they got that production. When they didn't get that production, they were worse than the Colorado Rockies, who had the worst record in baseball. And then you look at the um, amount of outings. So Lynn went five innings or more, 84% of his starts last year, and he went six or more in 53%. Gibson went five or more innings in 28 of his starts last year, so 85% of them. 
and he went uh, six or more innings in 58% of them last year. The Cardinals between Woodford, Libertor, Rom, and Hudson last year, which was a combined 60 starts, they only went five innings, 50% of their starts. And then they only went six or more, 27% of the starts. It was terrible. And so I think we're underselling, at least as a whole, like of the fan base, underselling the value that the Cardinals can get from quality starts. That's why I talk about their floor being raised right now. I'm unimpressed by their ceiling, and that's what I was hoping they would raise this year. So I'm still hoping they're going to raise their ceiling more. But I think an adverse effect we haven't talked about is the bullpen will not be as stressed out and will not be as burnt when you are getting six, five, six innings consistently rather than six innings, three innings, four innings, five innings, six innings, three innings, two innings. Like it just wasn't good enough. Um, And sure, you're going to have blow up starts every once in a while. Everyone has those. Spencer Strider has those. (laughs) So um, it's not a big deal. But um, so, yeah. And uh, one comment before we moved to maybe some starting pitching that I thought was interesting I got to find it real quick was kind of like where, how are someone asked about how the rays continue to develop pitching? Oh my gosh. It's insane. <laughs> Which I mean, that's a million dollar question. If anyone knew the answer fully to it, then everyone would do it that way. Which is why I was really interested in the Cardinals talking to um, what's his face from the high bloom. Cause he's kind him. of one of the big reasons or kind of one of the big guys that started the resurgence for the Roy uh, Rays. If someone commented that, feel free to say in the chat, you're the one who did it. I'm totally not finding that comment right now. I want to credit you for it. Um, but something I think is that's an underrated. Th- oh, here we go. David said that that's an underrated thing that the Cardinals need to be pursuing. And they went ahead and added to their major league staff on the pitching side of things. I know none of them were flashy names, but they added some new roles onto the staff or gave away some Dusty Blake's responsibilities and put them onto new plates. Um, but that's something the Cardinals need to do as an organization going forward is continue to uh, revamp what they're doing as a organization to develop pitching. And so yeah. I know that that's already been something they've been making shifts in and the kind of guys they've been targeting this offseason who just have really good stuff and have a little bit higher strikeout percentages and aren't necessarily, I mean, I know Gibson and Lynn were pitched to contact guys, but I'm talking about like Fernandez and um, why am I blinking on Uh, Robertson, that type of stuff. So we'll see. And Takoa Roby, Tink Hens, like those are different style pitchers than what have been coming up recently. So we'll see what happens with that. But I think when we talk about the long-term health of this organization, that question is going to be really important. How do they revamp their pitching development? Um, I know Kareem's been in the chat, but I've, I've, met, I've told him multiple times, but, and we've talked about it, we need to get him on soon because he's a guy that I think will be able to help in a better way than we can explain, talk about the current state of the Cardinals' prospects. Um, but he's the kind of guy who understands the advanced analytics and understands some of these yeah. <laughs> things with deep, uh, deep, uh, get deep into the, um, maybe not for him at this point or other people who live in his world a little bit more, um, build a talk pitching. Um, but can maybe explain some of this stuff to the average fans so that we can kind of understand what people mean when we're talking about some of this stuff. So anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll dive into that more as the off season goes, but there's a lot of content already out there. So um, <clears throat> maybe we can real quick turn the conversation over to the starting pitching market. Yeah, for sure. um, so again, I don't think Mosaic was necessarily saying anything he hasn't already said, but I just love that he keeps not closing the door on the starting pitching market. And then I would totally recommend going and listening to his interview with Tom Akerman. Um, usually there's a podcast that um, feed for his morning shows and he usually posts a clip just of the Mosaic interview. If you want to listen to that, um, but they're talking about the off season plan. 
Mosaic expects the market to start picking up right now before Christmas. So we could see a reliever or two happen there. Um, but he made it sound like, as I was listening to it, he didn't directly say it. So this was Josh listening. It felt like he wanted, a, he would, it felt like he valued the addition of another starter over the addition of another reliever. Just based on what he talked about, like the impact that a starter can have on this team right now versus a reliever. And he said, I can't remember what the exact quote is, but he wasn't going to um, close the door on anything with adding starting pitching. So I'm not here to tell you they're for sure going to do it, but I like that they're being opportunistic and open to it. So Sandy, how realistic do you think it is that they could add another starter and what kind of route would that look like? I, I again, like, I wish that I could know. <laughs> I'm kind of in the yeah. same boat as you. Um, I agree, though. It really did seem that he was almost more interested in adding a starter than a reliever. Because um, he did say something about, we like the bullpen as it is. Yes. Um, but maybe we need quote. to improve the rotation. I think that they could still go through free agency. The budget stuff that we talked about early in the offseason, they haven't reached that yet. And there's still plenty of money to move around. I, I don't think it'd be too hard to move the Steven Matz contract. I don't think it'd be hard to move the Tommy Edmond contract. That adds a lot of money to your plate right there. Like that would be enough money to go sign Yamamoto. I'm not saying they're going to do it. I don't think they will. I wish they just would because 25 year old aces don't grow on trees and they're never available because that's a guy who had to debut at age 19 to be available now, but I digress. Um, <laughs> so obviously that's unlikely. I think if they're going to go with a free agent, I, I really liked some of these middle tier free agents actually this year. Like Maley seemed to make a lot of sense for me. And then we saw him sign with the Rangers the other day. Um, Jordan Montgomery is still out there. I don't think he'd be that opposed to a reunion, but I'm not sure how much better the team gets with him. I also don't know if I like the contract because it sounds like he's going for the Rodon contract. And I don't want to, I don't want to give that out. The glass now contract, I think kind of is, really thrown this market off it's in my opinion they just, and, they just really overpaid him yeah but, and it's interesting though if you like i need to do a little bit more digging on this but i haven't really seen it's interesting the way cardinal fans talk about glass now compared to the rest of baseball yeah i i hear people concerned about the arm stuff and the injuries but i don't hear the concerns like cardinal fans where it comes out right away of like oh he just doesn't pitch enough innings well, I, mean, I mean, we're snake bitten. Think about yeah. what we've dealt with. Alex mm -hmm. Reyes, like that guy, all we heard for five years was Reyes is the most talented pitcher on the face of the earth. And we yeah. saw it for one brief moment when he yeah. came up as a bullpen piece. I believe it was 2016 or 2015. And then literally yeah. first start UCL injury. First yeah. start, he needs Tommy John surgery. I mean, it, yeah. and then like Jack Flaherty, that's a guy who we saw put it all together for a four month stretch and then didn't pitch again for the better part of two years. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's really tough to be a Cardinals fan and talk about pitching <laughs> just yeah. over the last decade. It's been painful. <clears throat> I think this is a really interesting, this was from Blake Harris on Twitter and it looks like he's a Dodger content guy. Um, but he, he made a really good point. That's something that I've kind of talked about, but I hadn't, I wish I would have tweeted this out like he did because it was something I've been noticing myself was you look at Tyler's glass now's innings breakdown. 2016 was his rookie year, so only threw 23 innings. So, okay, you got called up late. It's not like he couldn't pitch enough innings. Yeah. Um, 17, he only pitched 62 innings because he also spent half the year in the minor leagues again. 
2018, he was mainly a reliever for the Pirates, so he only pitched he pitched 111 innings, but it was mixed between the bullpen and the rotation. 19, he only pitched 60 innings, and that's when he finally had an injury. 2020, he was healthy the whole year, but it's 2020, so it's the shortened season. Sure, you can try and say you can say he was going to get injured, but no one knows that. So, um, 2021 and 2022, he basically missed both those entire years. He missed all 2021, actually. He he pitched the half first half of 2021. He was elite. He was a cyan candidate. He could have won it. Awesome. He was awesome. Got hurt. Then missed the rest of 2021 and missed almost all of 2022. Tommy John surgery. So it's like a injury people get, and it's not some. It's just it happened. Okay. 2023, he comes into the season with an injury. Once he starts pitching, he pitched the rest of the year and pitched his career high 120 innings. So I know Glassnow's already a Dodger. Whatever. My point to that is I'm actually not shocked that he got all that money because I think teams aren't as cons- – I think everyone's concerned about pitching injuries because you should be concerned about it. But there's an argument Glass now has the best stuff in all of baseball, and he's shown it. He's not just like, oh, we watch him throw pitches, but it's not coming together. Like his stuff grades out. And so I mean, he's a guy that if you give him enough innings to qualify during a year, I'm he's a Cy Young favorite to me. Yeah, and now he doesn't have to be in the same league as McClanahan, who I really do think has the best stuff in baseball. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so my point with that is I think Glassnow's contract has made Jordan Montgomery's going to want more money. Yamamoto's going to want more money. Like, I just think that's where I I don't see the Cardinals going into that top of the tier to get Blake Snell. You're probably right. Uh, I don't want Jordan Blake Montgomery. Snell at all. I really yeah, don't. Want Blake even like regardless of if we want him, I just don't see them making that kind of move. And I'm also not really. Like because they got Lennon Gibson, I mean Malley would have been nice if he was one of those two editions. I'd much rather have had Malley. Yeah, but they're not, and so I don't think I'm in on the Frankie Montas type thing at this point. Like I think for me, it's yeah, I'm going to hate it, but I also think if I'm thinking of like how do they really make a splash or make a really like a move that I'd be very impressed with their offseason by. That's when you gotta go to the trade, trade for a Jesus Luzardo. I would love Jesus Luzardo. You trade for a Dylan Cease, and so in Gilbert, Logan they're not Gilbert. gonna part with those pitchers, though. Ridiculous no. that they don't. I can't. I still just every single time I think about it, it I'm flabbergasted. Yeah, that is- seems to be very revenue driven, which is, I mean, it's fair. Like when you see the contracts that like the best starters are getting, and even the middle tier guys. I want to pay Bryce Miller nothing too. I want to pay pay Brian Wu and Logan Gilbert nothing too. But if I were them, I'd be looking to trade maybe like a Robbie. I mean, you're not going to get really anything for Robbie Ray, and I don't know how much you get for Castillo. But anyways, I'm kind of surprised they're not shopping someone at least either. But um, the Luzardo one I think is really interesting because the Cardinals and the Marlins have had conversations at past off seasons. It's been reported they've had conversations this off season. Hasn't no names have been thrown out out there, but they've talked. But names that have been thrown out there is that at the winter meetings, the Royals and the Marlins were talking about a Vinny P. I, forget, I can never say his last name. Oh, Pasquantino, the Pasquantino. I love that guy. <laughs> Vinny Pasquantino for Jesus Uzardo framework. My guess is that it would have been Pasquantino plus a couple other smaller things for Luzardo. I think there's a framework there for the Cardinals that they want to do that. I don't know how much. I don't know how to Pasquantino has shown the ability to be a really, really good bat. So I don't want to underplay that, but he is a first baseman DH. I think you, I would personally value Nolan Gorman or Brendan Donovan over him. I would value Yvonne Herrera potentially more than Pasquantino. Herrera is a catcher. He's got a complete profile. 
Pasquantino, very little defensive value. Like you said, he's a DH. The Marlins really need a catcher. I don't think Jorge Alfaro is anyone's favorite long-term option. Yeah. Let's see. His best, so his rookie year, uh, only 72 games. So it's kind of a small sample size, too. But he had a 135 OPS plus. He's I so I here the the thing with the Marlins though, which is like people are like if someone wants to throw in the chat and try to put Jesus Sardo trades together, I don't think they're gonna take like a comp they're not going to take four or five okay players to get no, they want someone with a high ceiling yeah they want a bat and so that's where i think i go to like brendan donovan and noel gorman needing to be in a deal for lizardo um again i don't want to give up those guys so i'm not trying to say like let's shop them right now but for jesus lizardo you got to think about it um I think I would love if they were interested in Thomas JC and Herrera, people like that instead. Even though I love JC, I love Herrera at this team. I don't know how likely the Cardinals are to trade Herrera now that they don't have Kisner around, which is kind of like I was supported that idea of them DFAing him, but I was kind of surprised by it because I knew it shut off the idea that they could trade Herrera probably. Um, but I mean, with JC and how high I am on him, I love Brendan Donovan. I'm telling you, I love him. I would hate it, but like Brendan Donovan. No, but I just bought my Donovan jersey <laughs> last year. Like, you can't trade my guy. <laughs> he's like, it's weird because he's like my favorite, but at the same time, I just kind of see why it makes sense. Um, oh, we need to. Kareem's got some some stuff piping in the chat that we're gonna have to get to. And Kareem, if you have thoughts on Lazardo, I want to hear that from you. Um, but is Donovan it a little bit more for Lazardo a bad idea? I don't know. I don't know. Or in Nolan Gorman, I don't know. I I kind of like it. And Lizardo has three years of control. I saw something, um, I think maybe it was a Marlins fan or a Royals fan, put up Tyler Glass now versus Jesus Lizardo. And like Jesus Lizardo is, is a little bit more healthier now than him, but he's three years of control. But he's like a little bit off the strikeout rate. They're right around the same walk rate. Lizardo's pretty nasty Luzardo's he's got, really good i think i was listening to codify and pitching ninja talk the other day and luzardo has four different slider shapes so he can throw four different kinds of sliders at any point he's a guy that they're really high on could be a cyan type contender at some point and that's crazy i like it i'm still um, i like dylan cease too but i'm starting to see that the world where uh jesus Luzardo trade could happen so i don't know what do you think like would you be willing to part donovan or gorman for luzardo I don't think so. And that's because I think the Marlins are in a similar position to the Cardinals. I mean, when we talk about the Cardinals and Mariners matching up, it's the same thing with the Marlins, right? So you have a Marlins team that has shown you again and again and again that they can develop pitching. They can take guys like Braxton Garrett who have questionable stuff and he turns into a really good pitcher at the big league level. They can take guys like, I mean, you know what they traded for Hazel Cesardo? Wasn't he part of the uh well what was it was that the starling Marte trade i want to say to oakland or... yeah it was the swap i think it was a straight swap i think it yeah, was Zardo for yeah. Marte. it was like minimal control for Marte. like they didn't get him for that much um and he kind of flamed out a little bit in oakland he was really highly regarded and then struggled there um so i don't know but they're in this position where they can develop pitching and they cannot develop bats everybody that comes up just stinks there and yeah. i'm not sure why guys like lewis brinson who are viewed as can't miss prospects can't do squat in Miami. Um, the the De La Cruz guy was, was just bummy. Jesus Sanchez, not good there. 
Um, and they've traded away more good pitching, right? They traded away Gallon, as we all know. They swapped him for Jazz Chisholm, who's really Pablo struggled. Lopez. Yeah, Pablo Lopez. They've developed a ton. And so if you're the Cardinals, I think you do have more leverage than you think with Miami because you have exactly what they need and they cannot get it themselves. No matter what yeah. they try, they've drafted <laughs> uh, like J.J. Blade. That was a high contact guy. Uh, Sanchez is a big power bat. And even the guys they acquire, guys like Avisail Garcia with a great track record, and I thought that was a great signing. I mean, everything they touch offensively just crumbles. Yeah. And so it's kind of like the Cardinals with pitching, although it might even be worse because the Marlins with great pitching haven't done anything. They they made the playoffs this year. Okay, so what? Like they didn't yeah. go anywhere. No one was threatened by them all season long. It was like, oh, Miami, that's fun. Um, whereas the Cardinals at least have put together some teams like in 2022, I mean, you're like, Hey, this Cardinals team is really good. They did win yeah. a lot of games. So you might have leverage. And I don't think you have to part with Donovan or Gorman because the Marlins would, their lineup would be upgraded just by adding Herrera. Their lineup would be upgraded probably by adding Sajazi. So that's kind of my two cents here. <clears throat> yeah. It'd be, I think maybe part of the struggle. Cause like if I'm a Marlins, if I'm the Marlins, I won't put myself in their shoes why am I moving Jesus Azardo if I'm not getting one of them? Because he's right now my opening day starter. And I know Yuri Perez is should, if he's not early on next year, at some point will be the, he's already the more valued and highly regarded guy in general, but he will pitch like the ace of their staff. They do have Cine Alcantara coming back next year, but also, I mean, he had a down year and then hit Tommy John. So yeah. I don't know. And then after Lozardo and Perez right now, like who's their best guy? They've got they've got um, so many options between Braxton Garrett, yeah. Sixto Sanchez. That whole thing is finally over. Thank goodness. Yeah. But um, like the top of the rotation gets really thin if one of them gets it goes that's down. True. Like they've got a lot of threes and fours, but that's like true. so that's where I'm like, if I don't think they're gonna take even though I would I would try this first and I would and I wouldn't quickly move to saying, okay, I'll give you Brendan Donovan or Gorman, but I would be trying to do Alec Burleson and prospects yes. or something like that. Cause I know Burleson's a bat that should be able to play for them. Ivan Herrera, whatever it is. Um, I don't that, I, That's where I'm just aiming high here. That's a good point from cream though. Edward Cabrera could be a better fit in terms of like an actual, like an actual trade target that both teams could agree on. I think his, I think Edward Cabrera is probably valued less than like someone, like we put out a story and, um, Thomas puts out really great work. He had Nolan Gorman for Edward Cabrera. I don't think that's what it takes. I think it's Al Burleson types that. or something like that. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and that's a high upside play too. Um, but again, if I'm targeting, we're talking about targeting like a surefire, like opening day, you're going to be confident the Cardinals can be a really good team next year. I'm that's Lazardo or that's Dylan Cease or that's Gilbert. Like that's pitchers like that that you need to trade for. Yeah. I mean, they still have more options, too. I, I wouldn't hate a Braxton Garrett trade. I think he raises our ceiling still. And they've got they've got guys at the lower level still, or guys that have been hurt. Trevor Rogers has been really good at the big league level. Max Meyer was highly regarded, big fastball. Um, so yeah. there are guys, even if they can't land Cabrera, Cabrera would be really cool. I would really like yeah. Cabrera. Oh man, I need to figure out who this guy is real quick. But the guy that the the Royals got back for Aralmus Chapman last year was so good. Um, oh, I I'm think geek- I know you're talking about. I'm geeking out because of um, I was. Is it was it Cole Ragus? Yeah, Cole Reagans. I think. Yeah, there was you go. Kareem's got him in the chat. Cole Reagans. Is yeah, that, he was yeah. great. Dude, that dude looks nasty. I was like, 
I, when that trade went down, it was Aramis Chapman in the middle of the year, so I'm not really paying attention to the names at all. And I heard about him a little bit earlier this offseason, and then I was listening to Pitching Ninja and Coda, Codify break him down a little bit, and I was like, whoa, the Royals have a guy that has legit stuff now. So He was awesome. He's, I mean, they're not, I mean, I don't know why I brought his name up. I just was thinking or in my head. Okay. That's why like there's the Cardinals need some certainty at the top of the rotation, but if they can target more guys that could blossom into something too, I wouldn't hate that. I just, at this point, I think they know it too. I don't think they're looking to add a, a, uh, Oh my gosh. Yeah. Hicks for oh, Reagan's. Oh my gosh. That would have been Raggins, whatever it is. Oh, that'd been really nice to have. But if they can target some guys like that, like an Edward Cabrera or Max Meyer or whoever it is that doesn't necessarily carry a ton of value right now and a little bit of risk to it, but has the stuff to project to be more than what they are right now. I'd be interested in that kind of trade. But again, I'm still my my sights right now are set on the top of the market, not I would do both, but I would I if I'm trying to pull off yeah. one or the other, it's the whatever so uh, we haven't really talked about him yet but how do you do you i can't remember fully where you landed on cease i know you're not like super into him but i think you like the idea of it yeah i like cease i mean he's still in cease right he's thrown more yeah. pitches than anybody not named garrett cole since the beginning of 2021 that's awesome that availability he's just a workhorse and he goes out mm -hmm. there and he's got a sub four era even in kind of a down year like i like dylan cease um but I just really don't want to move on from Donovan. I think the Tigers have some arms we could really match up with too. I mean, they're one of those teams, again, that's really similar to the Marlins and the Mariners where they've developed the pitching, although they've had more injuries, right, between Scooble, yeah. Manning, and Mize, that big three not being healthy. But, but behind them, they've got some guys. Jackson Job yeah. has really shot up prospect lists lately. He's probably not touchable right now. Um, but Sawyer Gibson Long had a really, really good – um, finished to the season last year. He's an arm I really like. Reese Olsen had a sub four ERA last year. FIP was right around that too, if I remember correctly. So there's some guys there. But yeah, like you said, there's just not a lot of aces available besides Cease and Lazardo. If if he's even available, like I'm not even sure Miami would trade him. Yeah, true. But I mean, at the very least, they were like the rapport, unless they didn't add a lot of context to it, was they were interested. There were some kind of framework being developed, Jesus Uzardo, for Vinny P. So that makes yeah. me think they're at least open to it. Now, just because they like Vinny P doesn't mean they're going to take Gorman and Donovan. They might not value them. So um, who knows? Yeah, but, everyone does value guys. <clears throat> That's a great point. Yeah. No no one has the subjective scale. Like they don't, they don't really care about MLB pipelines top 100. No. And no all. one cares about baseball trade value stuff. Like I know that their success rates helpful and it's not people over hate on it. It's helpful. It's fun to play with and it can give you a ballpark sometimes, but like that's not how teams view things. And the, the like you said, like the Cardinals number nine prospect is not the same as the Dodgers no. number nine prospect. And it's not the same as the White Sox number nine prospect. And yeah. your best reliever or uh, your best right-handed pitching prospect is not the same as my best right-handed pitching prospect. Like I, I remember when the, uh, Juan Soto Trey went down like a, a Twitter account throughout what the comp would be. And they had like Michael McGreevy matched up with one of the Yankees arms. And I'm like, no, yeah. that's not true. Like that would have been like Tacoa Roby. Like it would have been Roby and Graceffo. Like it would have, it just, we our arms are not the same. Um, so, but that's kind of where I, when I think of the Marlins versus the White Sox, I think there's a chance that a cease trade actually makes more sense in terms of 
I think the Cardinals could probably get away with giving up prospects over MLB ready talent. Like maybe they need to throw in one of their guys, but I've, I've become more and more convinced that you could potentially do like one of the top pitching prospects to JC, probably another top prospect and some other stuff, um, which with the Marlins, I don't think prospects are going to fly um, for Lizardo. I think you're not maybe at the back end of the deal, but I think the centerpiece has to be MLB ready. Um, so that's kind of why I like the White Sox with the cease thing is that the Cardinals can not, not take away from their big league roster and still improve. And then cease is one year less of control too. So I, I think it probably, it'll probably be pretty comparable, but it might take a little bit more to get Lizardo potentially. So yeah. Knows. I think one thing, I don't know if anyone wants to hear this, but one of the guys that you can count, like you can't count on it. We we already know this. And when I reveal the name, you're going to know why I'm saying this, but you're talking about a guy who like has stuff could develop. You're looking at him. It's, it's Matthew Liberatore. Lefties that throw 98 miles an hour do not grow on trees. Like that is rare stuff. And there's a reason the Rays were high on him. There's a reason the Cardinals acquired him back then. And there's a reason that he looked so good at times. Like we saw him go to Tampa eight scoreless, like unbelievable stuff. When he puts it together, he's really good. I'm not saying he's going to be a good starter. I I really, really want it. Um, But the stuff is there. I just, I don't know what is holding him back at this point, but again, he's still really young. Uh, If I'm correct, I think he's 24 right now. I think he just turned 24. He's going to play all of next year at age 24. Um, He would not be the first starting pitcher to figure it out at the big league level at age 24. Heck, he wouldn't be the first starting pitcher to figure it out at age 25. Um, So you've got plenty of time left on him. I think the starting depth in general, too. I mean, Kareem, if uh, if you disagree, I'll trust your word. But I think the starting depth is so much better than it was last year, where last year you were counting on Woodford and Hudson. This year you've got guys like an older Librator. You've got Klofenstein, who showed some really, really nice stuff at AAA. Sem Rebersa, who might have a higher ceiling than either Klofenstein or Librator at this point. So you've got like solid guys who could turn out to be very, very good. Um, and you're not going to be reliant on Rom either, who just was not good. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> I'm interested to see like with an off season, if Lobertor can finally figure out how to maintain velocity yes. over the yeah, course of starts. And, so much was tough. Yeah. And it's just, I, again, I'm not great at explaining this kind of stuff. So again, like, a, <laughs> yeah, anything better, better than Wayne Rand, so <laughs> which is really sad, but, um, yeah his fastball just would get demolished at the big league level. So um, I know his curveball's been up and down, but it's supposed to be a really good pitch. And so, yeah, I mean, Libertor, I mean, I'm not going to, I'd be, I mean, I'd be genuinely shocked if he ends up starting to start looking like a top guy again, but like to be a contributor to the rotation, like sure. Or he could be a really helpful bullpen piece. So, um, and who knows, Chris, I've had a down year in 2023, but he also had some shoulder stuff and then he looked really good in 2022. And, and you know, I mean, Tink is a guy that he had a really bad month of August, but like, does he, does he start? Like, I mean, he's not going to be a 2024 guy. So yeah, I, I like this organization's depth growing right now. Ian um, Bedell. Ian Bedell. I know that's your guy. Ian Bedell. <laughs> before we, before we keep going into um, maybe some of these depth arms. And uh, I want to say just in the chat, if you guys have questions that we we will, I'm going to scroll through this and, see if we missed anything that we want to address as we're going through as well. And Sandy, let me know if you see something, but um, 
just want to again plug if you're watching right now we've got almost 100 we've had almost 100 people in here at, at one time multiple times and so thanks for tuning in tonight so far we're still going just want to plug a few things if you haven't subscribed already please subscribe to the channel it helps us out a ton um we have a charity live stream going on on tuesday and so we've got so many different people like um jim hayes trevor rosenthal victor scott katie Wu, brooke grimsley uh, jeff jones a ton of different guests popping on and we hopefully have this special mystery guest that we can't reveal yet so um hopefully fingers crossed they're gonna be able to make it um so please subscribe so you can tune into that like the stream if you haven't already helps out a ton as well and then if you're interested in becoming a part of this community we're building out just really a lot of things for cardinal fans right now we're really excited about what 2024 is going to bring um, but you can become a member of the YouTube channel if you go on the web. Usually, you have to go on the web browser version of YouTube. Um, but maybe it's on your app. You can click join next to the subscribe button. There's three different tiers, um, and all three of the tiers include access to our Discord, which has been a really fun thing so far. If you're in the Discord and you're watching the stream right now, please make a comment and just say, "Hey, like, I'm in the Discord." because um, we have people in there and it's fun conversation we post our immaculate grid stuff we talk cardinal baseball preview different stuff coming up so if you want to be a part of that please join um <clears throat> but yeah so we've got a lot of different stuff going on oh thanks kenny for the for the ten dollar donation there very much appreciate that uh you need to throw something in the chat then for us to talk about because that's far too generous just to throw us ten dollars there but um something where i see a lot of way now chat i missed something they're wondering if he could be the oh. guest. Oh, I wish. I don't. I don't think so. But like, we can't confirm anything. So, also, I just wanted to plug one more thing. Um, guys, go follow Kareem on Twitter. He's been throwing like just absolute fire into the chat tonight. He True. is probably like one of the three best guys um, to talk about Cardinals prospects and the minor league system. So, like, seriously, follow all his stuff on Twitter. He puts out like the most incredible stuff. And Josh has said it. Like, we need to get you on here sometime. Uh, so that we can yeah. nerd out about prospects together. <laughs> yeah. Especially, I really want him to go into it. Cause he just does a, such a great job. Can, whoa. Oh, my, uh, sorry. Some weird volume went through. Um, he does a really great job of bridging the gap between prospect analysis and talking about saber metrics and some of the stuff that yeah. I think is, I I'm learning and I feel like I'm getting better with, but I don't, I'm not a teacher of it like he is. Yeah. And so I think like, when he, when him and uh, Cardinals Reek put out the uh, like the analytically driven uh, top Cardinals prospects, it was yeah. phenomenal because they yeah. did the analysis and breakdown that you hope to see from a Baseball America fan graphs, MLB pipeline, whatever your prospect page is. But then they also plugged like all the underlying advanced analytics stuff that really makes a difference with a lot of this stuff. And so I'd love for him to be able to explain some of this on the hitting and pitching side so that we can all have a better grasp when we see these numbers. So yeah, again, a Kareem season. If you see him on Twitter, go follow him. He's got awesome stuff. He's starting to post his top 30 Cardinals prospects right now. So I do want to kind of, I don't know if he'll be willing to reveal some of that stuff without it all being posted, but I'd love for him to break that down when it's all done. But um, so yeah, please give him a follow. He's awesome. Um, special guest is Yamamoto. Yeah, we're going to announce the Yamamoto yeah, signing on here, guys. We're breaking it here first. Yeah, yeah one I more thing. Like, yeah. There's oh, literally no way that the Kareem content should be ah. free. The stuff on Twitter is just so good. Um, so, like, yeah, check that out. Um, but I think we're going to... Oh, yeah, I got you. You still there? Oh, no, technical difficulties. Hmm. You can you can keep riffing. I might need to fix my AirPods. All good. 
Um, but I think we're going to get a little bit more into some depth arms. So if you guys have any questions about anybody, um, especially now that we have Kareem in the chat, um, we'll provide some of our analysis here. Um, but I think the depth is actually pretty good entering this year. We've touched on a lot of them. There's probably some more arms that could potentially give the Cardinals some innings. Um, so talking about coming from inside the rotation and also there are still depth arms on the market outside the rotation. I wouldn't be shocked to see the blue Jays part with one of their starters. Nate Pearson is really fizzled there. Um, so there's, there's people available. Maybe the Mariners could be inclined to move like an Emerson Hancock. If they're not going to move one of their bigger arms, there's always some arms down with the angels. Griffin canning could be moved. Maybe even Detmers or Sandoval, although those would probably take a more proven big league player. So there's a lot to talk about still. The Cardinals probably are going to add something. I think they'll make some kind of move in the next week. John Moselak definitely seemed to hint that there was some urgency about getting something done before the holidays. That was very encouraging. Um, so yeah, just hit us with any questions you've got. We'd love yeah. to talk through that as we kind of <clears throat> wind this down in a little bit. Yeah. Einstein talked about um, Imanaga. I think that's interesting. I think his market's going to be higher than people expect, but again, he's not going to break the bank like, Blake Snell, Jordan Montgomery, Yamamoto. So I can see Monica still being an option for them. Um, and I, I remember I was going to say something about this earlier from Sandy, but Tavares is a guy I think we forget a lot about yes. as a relief prospect in that organization because of his suspension. Um, but again, the peripherals are there. He's a guy that should be really interesting and could potentially be a guy. Um, Zuninga, I know it wasn't super impressive last year, yeah. but again, he's another guy that could do something. Um, I really like your point again, Sandy, about the Memphis shuttle at this point is that I just – there's a lot of different guys who could factor in at different points and for um, sure they might not start like there's guys that might, it happens with every bullpen every year, but there's gonna be guys who don't start on the opening day roster who could end up being uh, major contributors later. Um, something I want to try and look. Okay. So this is helpful. I, in my head, I didn't know that they had this many options remaining. So on the Cardinals, like projected bullpen right now, fan graphs, they pull, um, obviously Helsley, Gallegos, Romero, then they have Palante, Thompson, King, Robertson, and Fernandez. Fernandez has three options remaining. Robertson is two and Palante is two. And then Thompson and King both have one. Romero's got zero. So mm. they actually have more options. Um, the ability to send guys guys up and or send guys down and bring guys up than I kind of thought they did. Like last year, you couldn't do that with Stratton or Verhagen. You obviously weren't going to do that with Helsley or Gallegos. That's four. They didn't plan on doing Thompson, but they ended up doing it. Like they just and Cabrera wasn't really a guy they wanted to. It's like they just didn't really have a lot of flexibility to move guys around. But I actually think this is probably going to be a more competitive uh, spring camp than past years. Thank goodness. Um, which because I, I don't think they'd be shy about putting Palante in AAA. No. Thompson obviously could start the year there. He's interesting though because he only has one option left. I don't really remember how it works if he starts the year on the AAA roster, if that's an option or not. I think it would be. Um, King only has one option, but like Robertson, Fernandez, King, Thompson, Palante, any of them could theoretically start AAA next year if they bring in another arm um, or a different arm it presses. So um, I, th I really like that flexibility they have right now. Yeah. And like you said, like there's only really three guys that don't have any options that are yeah. definitely going to be part of the bullpen. And Helsley has options, but like, obviously you're not sending him down. So no, like you're not. Um, although like one of the things with Helsley, if you had to send him down for a couple days to build out depth, like you kind of could, it wouldn't be the worst thing ever because you're not worried about wasting those options. Cause you know, he's going to be part of the staff long-term. Um, so it's not like a guy, you know, like Thompson where you don't want to waste the option. 
Um, but yeah, it's going to be really nice to like see the Memphis shuttle going back and forth. Cause that's something that they've had in recent years. And it's just like last year underscored the importance of a few things. The Cardinals were missing defense starting depth and the Memphis shuttle for the bullpen. And so, yeah, I love what Jeff's P is saying. Yeah. The Memphis pitching staff hopefully will be stacked. Um, we mentioned Granillo before he could appear. Svonson could appear. Um, Tavares obviously has been thrown around. There are a lot of guys and much more than last year. I really think you're not going to have to sign uh, a Casey Lawrence or a Jacob Barnes. Thank goodness. Cause I just could not watch that again. <laughs> yeah. And like part of the reason those guys were pitching is cause they just needed to cover innings. Like they weren't going to waste. We can, we can debate it. Um, with it would have been helpful to give Graceffo or McGreevy or any of these guys innings instead of those guys, but they didn't want to waste the option. They didn't think they're ready. If they thought they're ready, they called up Mesa Wynn, so I think they would have called him up. Um, and they're just patching guys together. So, like this year, that's they shouldn't be if they're doing that again, it's because the season went awry, not because their plan was to make Jacob Barnes their next option if the bullpen's failing. So, Mm -hmm. at least I hope that'd that'd be a major issue. Um, Something uh, I just randomly thought off the top of my head that I'm thinking of is um, Ackerman asked, um, Ackerman, whatever it is, asked um, uh, John Mosaic about Victor Scott today. And he, again, was very high in Scott. He said he turned from a sprinter into a baseball player, really likes him. Obviously, he's talked about not rushing him, but he specifically went out of his way to say that Randy Flores either I think he said the day before civic very recently had reminded him of how high his ceiling is and that he needs to not block him because he needs to be a guy that they rely on soon. And so like, that's a guy when you talk about defense and you talk about the ceiling, this team again, I don't think there's a need to rush him, but I'm really excited about Victor Scott in center field. And then like, you think about the adverse effect of that, if he's ready for center field, like Edmund can go back to shortstop if Mason wins struggling, but assuming wins fine too. Now you have a super utility guy in Edmund, or you have a trade piece in Tommy Edmund at this point. Um, and then again, I'm like really excited about the idea of Thomas and JC hitting his way onto the roster at some point. Like talk about an amazing backup option to plug in. It's like yeah. whenever you need Donovan or Gorman to say you have Thomas and JC, like, Again, I don't know what my expectation should be of a type of hitter he'll be in his rookie year, but I just I really like some of this young depth they have. It doesn't feel as crowded as it did last year, even though they've only got rid of O'Neill. But like Alec Burleson's role being pretty clear as like a bench bat, a guy who could play against righty some, but is clearly not like Dylan Carlson's clearly the fourth outfielder. John Mozek went out of his way today to say they weren't going to be trading Dylan Carlson this offseason because of the flexibility he gives them in center field versus Tyler O'Neill. Um so I, I like when I think of the offense, which I just don't think we talk enough about right now. We talk so much about the pitching because it was such a need, but I'm really excited about what this offense could be heading. I mean, yeah, we're talking about what could really be a special group just with all of this depth. And there's depth at the lower levels in this offense too. I'm not sure anybody develops catching the way the Cardinals do. I mean, it's just an absolute factory at this point. You have Contreras, obviously, who they brought in, but Herrera feels just like a great prospect, and he had a phenomenal season last year that in my opinion should give him far more attention coming into this year. I'm glad they're going to rely on him, but Pagase is a legit prospect. And then you've got Bernal and Crooks. I'm really excited to see what they can do with all this depth. Hopefully they can trade some of it away um, to patch holes. I'd like to see them acquire another center fielder at the lower levels at some point. Maybe, maybe they could like, I don't know, um, 
target one in the draft or something like that. But we've talked about the draft on here. It's hard to target specific positions, maybe yeah. in the later rounds. I don't know. Sure. Well, I don't know if there's a lot left. Um, I saw something about Carp's launch angle, and it's kind of funny. I think um, I don't. I still don't think people really picked up on it that Jeff Halbert was actually like a really, really helpful um, piece of this organization. And what he's done for the hitting development in this organization is what they've been missing for pitching development. Yep. And I hope they continue to develop it. Like what they, Jeff Albert put in place continues to go. I, that's something you probably don't see the effect of immediately. Um, so again, I think people make fun of the launch angle stuff and make fun of some of this other stuff they dump their hitters, but like look at the young players that are coming up and have embraced that and they're doing really well. Really, really and well. Goldie has went out of his way to say that he like he's gone to driveline. He's doing these things that he was not necessarily all about at first. Matt Carpenter went out of his way to say he was not listening to what Jeff Albert told him he should be doing. And then he had that little career resurgence in New York when he actually started embracing some of those changes. Incredible. So I don't know. I think I think people don't realize how helpful Jeff Albert actually was. But well, and the other know. thing, the Cardinals' secret weapon is Randy Flores. When did he start? I, I like feel like I should know this as a Randy Flores. 2016 or 2017, I believe. Yeah. And so like you can tell like the last Randy, like non-Randy Flores drafts made their way through the system during that dry spell for the Cardinals when it just felt like they couldn't bring anybody up and impact the big league club. And now we're seeing the fruits of his labor come through. It's very, very exciting. Yeah. Um, what he's been able to do in terms of finding pitchers with good stuff that's why you have three or four high ceiling prospects in the system right now. That's how you go get a Gordon Graceffo in the fifth round out of Villanova, who has never Villanova, I think in their entire history has produced two big leaguers. Like that's how Randy Flores goes and does that. He is special. He is one of the best scouts in all of baseball and he's heading up your department. They just need to keep him. I, I love Randy Flores and Flores. We trust all the way <laughs> and Flores. We trust and great point from Kareem there. That's something Victor talked about. Um, we, I interviewed him a couple months ago and you can find that on the, on the new news podcast channel. If you want to check that out, it was really helpful. And one of the questions I asked Scott and you can hear him break it down more was, um, <clears throat> he wants to add more. He talked about adding more power to his game when I asked him about what he wants to add. Um, but then I followed up with people when they hear speed guys, contact first guys, adding power, they get afraid about launch angle. They get afraid about a guy trying to hit too many home runs. Now he's striking out, not getting on base like he needs to. And Scott talked about a lot of the changes he was trying to make or just trying to continue to make hard contact on the ball and hit line drives and hit those. He's got that, like Scream saying, he's got that sneaky power where he can go over the fence if he gets a hold of one anyways. But he's not. He's trying to be more of a doubles, triples type of guy who could run into some home runs. Um, but he, as he's done that, his, he's starting to hit more home runs too. Um, but he's a guy that's he's not going to be like a five, seven home run guy. He probably is going to be, a, or could be, I should say, a mid mid tens home run guy. It's like 15 home runs a year type guy. And then you add in the doubles and triples, and then you add in the fact that when he gets a single, he can turn those into doubles and triples. Like That's why I'm just so high on Victor Scott. I think, again, you don't really have the – you don't really have the center field depth organizationally anyways, but then also like, I just think his floor is so much higher than people realize um, because of the elite speed elite defense. And then, man, he could be really good. Oh yeah. He could be one of the most valuable players on this team. He's a guy that's going to rack up value in all facets of the game. It's truly incredible. Yeah. Um, but as we finish up, I want to come full circle. We talked about, what it like what it meant for the Cardinals for other teams to make big moves. 
Now let's talk about what it means for the Cardinals for their division to not do that. The Central has been very, very quiet outside of the Cardinals who got aggressive, jumped into the pitching market. The Reds acquired like Candelario. I hear they're shopping Jonathan India. Um, The Cubs have spent zero dollars, as we said earlier. The Brewers are getting worse. The Pirates are the Pirates, so who cares? Um, Very exciting stuff. And I just want to say, now that the Cubs have missed on Otani, um, they've missed on Glass now, I really hope they go out and they spend $300 million on Bellinger. I would love nothing, nothing more than to see that. And they can pair him with Dansby Swanson and they can overpay them both for the next seven years. I'd be so in. Oh my gosh. I can't make it through a whole episode without just being mean to them. I just, uh, it's so tough. I know. I'm trying to buy my tongue because I just feel like whenever I make fun of the Cubs is when they start doing well. So I, I just, I just try to just try to stay quiet. I just like the smirk when their downfall happens. I remember like, I just have a lot of Cubs fans in my life and, in early September when they started losing a little bit, I was like, don't say anything. Just keep yeah, yeah. quiet. <laughs> and then they missed the playoffs. And I was just like, I just need them but, to trade some of their, their young depth. I that's see what the I was say. talking about shopping uh, guys like Owen Casey and Ben Brown. I'm like, yes, please do it. Dylan's yeah, piece again, please. Well, I can't get, I can't, um, I can't, I can't knock them right now. Cause their, their farm system's really good. And like, I'm so scared of it's Horton. so and, good. Pro looks awesome. Done. There's just there's a lot of guys. Well, that's why so. we need we need the Bellinger signing, okay? Because then they can trade Pete Crow, right? And then <laughs> they can like do something stupid and get rid. They of can Horton. sign Snell and then trade Horton because oh why my not? gosh, get me excited! You would never Please. do that. Yeah, get rid of oh, get rid gosh. of Ben Brown too while you're at it. And that Matt Shaw guy, he jumped a bunch of levels. Get rid of him too. That'd be they awesome. need to, they need to just make their Jose Quintana trade again. They need to trade oh, their their they need to trade Horton and Mavis or whatever for um who is that the third baseman, first baseman? Mavis, something Yeah, like but he wasn't he wasn't very good. Yeah. But I want them to just make another dumb trade like that. I would love nothing more. And honestly, bank on Christopher Morell, because he's not that good. And I'll die on that hill unsustainable peripherals, lots of swing and miss. Uh, but I could denigrate the Cubs all day. We're going to have to not do that right now because I think, you know, we've we've been on here 80 minutes, um, but we're going to be on in two nights. So please come back for that. Four hours. Yeah, it's going to be incredible, right? It's going to be this yeah. times three. So that is so much. Yeah, let me pull up the lineup one more time for everyone. It's going to be really fun. And again, we're hoping, hoping to have a special guest as well, but we've got Jim Hayes. Brooke Grimsley, Katie Wu, Victor Scott, Scott Van Slyke, and Josh Reed, who they do the Triple Play podcast. You know Scott Van Slyke from playing at the Dodgers for a while. Lynn Worthy, Brendan Schaefer, Jeff Jones, J.D. Haffron, and we'll be closing with our closer, Trevor Rosenthal. Um, so hop on the stream at any time. Again, we're raising money for Big League Impact, and so um, we'd love to just see some donations for them as we go through. We've got some giveaways we're going to be doing throughout the night as well. So if you donate, you'll be answered into some giveaways for some stuff that we've got. You'll see the merch that it's not it's not just new news merch. Like we're giving away cool stuff. So just, oh, yeah. just don't worry. Um, <clears throat> so please join us from 6 to 10 p.m. Central Time. New news podcast. You can pop in, pop out whenever. We'll obviously post the stream after as well if you need to catch it later. Um, or and I think we'll post individual interviews as well as separate videos to help out with that. But um, Again, um, I would donate Shohei. That's got to be Andrew, right? Who's the host. This has got to be Andrew's a meme right now. I guess we didn't even really acknowledge Andrew wasn't here the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, Andrew hasn't been here. My bad. Uh, I feel bad. Uh, yeah, Otani would donate, but he's already deferred most of his money, so he can't do it. 
Um, but if you're not like Otani and haven't deferred all your money and you're in the giving season, again, Big League Impact, we'll talk more about the organization during the stream, but they do some amazing stuff. And <clears throat> at some point during this stream, I want to reshare a story that Adam Wainwright told on the Chatters Box podcast about um, interaction he had with a current MLB player that was actually impacted by stuff that Adam Wainwright has done through Big League Impact. And so it's just really cool to see the, the work that that organization has done globally to provide um, for people who I, they do a lot of different things, but clean water is one of the main things they do or latrines so that there's proper sanitation and stuff. Um, so again, all the proceeds during that stream are going to go towards that. So please join in, uh, let people know about it. And even if they just want to pop in and donate and leave, like just that's an awesome thing to be able to do. And so we're hoping to do some really cool stuff with that. Um, again, like subscribe if you haven't already, it's again, it's huge for the channel and it really helps us to continue to reach Cardinal fans. Um, and again, if you're interested in, having these conversations with myself and Sandy and Andrew throughout the week. Okay. Sorry. This has got to be, this has to be Andrew. It's Andrew. Be Andrew. <laughs> this has got to be Andrew. <laughs> Otherwise they just know us too well. He's pushing if, he the said, right here. if it's Andrew, he's going to say something about Tyler glass now, and then I'll know for sure. Um, but yes, if you want to join us, um, donate but then again if you want to subscribe to the channel it helps us a lot like the stream if you haven't already um and again if you want to join this growing cardinal community we've got you can become a member on our page um and it gives you yep there you go it's it's sorry i keep getting so distracted it's andrew um um people who are listening to audio right now are like what's going on um but yes, you can become a member. All three tiers include a Discord invite to our Discord channel, which we have tons of Cardinal chatter going on in there. And as it grows, there's just going to be more and more stuff with that. Uh, tier two will include special member live streams that we'll be doing um, throughout the year, especially during the baseball season. We'll watch some games together, which will be really fun. In awesome. um, tier three, you can request us to cover stuff on Redbird Rants. So if you want some specific deep dive analysis beyond even just us riffing on it for a few moments, um, that's something we'll do as well. So again, if you want to become a member, it's great, but main thing, like, and subscribe. If you haven't already, I think we've, we've gained like 20 subscribers since we've been on the stream. So really appreciate you guys who have done that so far. Um, and again, we're just really thankful for the support you guys have shown on this podcast. It means a lot. If you can share it with people, you know, it's another great thing for us too. Um, but really excited about this, um, charity live stream on Tuesday. So please join us for that. You got any lasting thoughts, Sandy? Uh, yeah, just thanks everyone for joining us again. Like we love doing this. I can't, I can't state that enough. This is so much fun for us. Um, we started this just like to have fun and talk about the Cardinals, um, uh, cause we were already doing that so much. And so it's like, let's just record it and see what happens. And so to have this support, it means so much. Um, yeah. And we talk about the Cardinals all the time in the discord, um, and on Twitter. So go interact with us there. Um, yeah, just come join us whenever you can. Thank you so much for being here. It means the world. Yeah, seriously, guys, we love you. We're, we're very appreciative of you. Again, join us Tuesday. It's going to be really fun. Um, yeah, thanks. We got Jeff, Kareem, Kenny, all the guys hopping in. So thank you so much for the support. Um, and we will see you guys on Tuesday.